This is a podcast about betting on sports, which is something you can do to try and make money. One thing to know is that this podcast is not going to be the reason you get rich from sports betting. To repeat, we are not going to get you rich. There are balls abound all over the internet who will be happy to take your money to chase that lie. Here, at best, we might make you a little bit less awful of a better if you're lucky. Bet at your own risk. Do not bet more than you can afford to lose. And Godspeed. Welcome back, valued listeners. Today is Wednesday, the 20th of October, year of our Lord, 2021. Jay what have you for us this week? So we are a third of the way through the National Football League season. And with six teams on a bye this week, we thought it would be a good idea to look at each team, each division, kind of go division by division, see which teams are have kind of separated themselves from the other teams in their division, what tier they are in, and if they are a Super Bowl contender or not. Just a good exercise to try to remember that, you know, yes, we've got six weeks of, of data. A few teams have already had their buy, but as teams are going on their buy now, and it's just a reminder that, you know, football is just such a small sample sport. So just to give a little bit of context, and in some ways it feels like it, it's a lot of the season we've gone through, but um, just with still over two-thirds of the, the year still to go, and then obviously the playoffs, plenty of football to be played. But before we get into that, I want to kind of do a little bit of survivor recap. I had the Indianapolis Colts who steamrolled the Houston Texans last week. Uh, we had nobody lose in our survivor pool, Rob, so still 15 people remaining. This week is a, is a pretty straightforward week as well. There's three really standout picks. The Arizona Cardinals, 17-point favorite against the Houston Texans. The Los Angeles Rams, 15-point favorite against the Detroit Lions. We got the, the golf bowl. Rams versus the Lions there. It's a golf off. It's a golf off for sure. And then uh, if you still have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they are going to be about 13-point favorite at home. I don't think it makes any sense to go any other direction other than there. Maybe if you're in a bigger tournament or pool, what one well bigger than ours, and you have 300, 500 people, maybe you get a little fancier and go maybe with the Packers or, or something of that nature. But for most people that are going to be listening for Survivor, I think Arizona or Los Angeles will be where I am headed. I've already used Tampa Bay, so my selection will either be the Los Angeles Rams or the Arizona Cardinals, obviously for game theory purposes. I'm not going to divulge which one, but uh, I don't think you can really go wrong with either. Anything about Survivor before we kind of quickly look at my bets of last week? If you're favored by more than two touchdowns in the NFL, assume we're in the modern betting world, what is a fair percent chance of win expected win percentage for like a 15 point favorite in an NFL game. Sure. So the spread is always a derivative of the money line, which is to, to win the game. Uh, so the Rams are about a minus 1100 favorite and the Arizona Cardinals are about a minus 1600 favorite. So that's pretty much the Cardinals are somewhere around 85, 86% chance to win. The Rams a little bit lower down there, closer to 80, 82% chance to win. So still one out of five times about the Lions will win. I, I should say probably, I'll say 85 actually. 
have to convert that because obviously we use American odds and just like any other measuring system deemed American, it is illogical. But I want to say probably 80, the Rams are probably 85 and the, and the Cardinals are around, around 90% to win mm-hmm. because the Texans, if you bet them, you get about nine to one on your money. And obviously they're not going to give you better odds than the actual mathematical implication. So that the Lions probably win about, let's say, just, yeah, about 15% of the time. So, yeah, about 80 to 85% to answer your question there, Rob. Cool. Yep. Last week, I gave out two picks that I was looking towards. I wanted to bet the Browns last week. I had some weather concerns, some COVID concerns. saw some injuries on both the Browns and the Arizona Cardinals side. I decided to bet the team total for the Arizona Cardinals under 24 and a half, or excuse me, just 24 points. Arizona came out and they looked great. The weather was not a big factor in that game. It's totally wrong. I mentioned last week on the podcast that the Cardinals are were my second worst team that I've bet against the last few years, and uh, they're almost the worst team now. So maybe I should stop betting against them. That being said, there was a lot of people I respect that were on the Browns. There was a reason why the Browns were a three end up closing a three and a half point favorite. So even though the Cardinals just kind of shellacked the Browns, yes, there were there were some injuries the Browns had both pregame and during the game. But even though the results showed the Cardinals winning and being the better team on Sunday, you do have to incorporate the fact that the Browns were a favorite. And when we get to how we look at those teams a third of the way through the season, we'll be looking at that. And it's important because you have to incorporate the betting odds. Because if you look at any power rankings, there's only one unbeaten team in the National Football League, and it's the Arizona Cardinals. And while, like I said, I haven't had the most respect for the Cardinals, I, thought, I think they're a good team. And do I think they could go to a Super Bowl? Yes, I even think they could win a Super Bowl if the stars aligned. But uh, to me, in my humble opinion, they are not a, a top three team. They're not even a top five team in the National Football League. So it's kind of like the AP poll, Iowa Hawkeyes in college football were the number two team in the nation. Uh, and then they were upset this weekend, quote unquote, against Purdue. But they were not number two in the Vegas power rankings, the actual power rankings, the way the spread was. I think they are around 14th or 15th team. So just just the difference between you know a, rate, a, a ranking or undefeated season and, and what a team's true power ranking is. At the end of the day, the market, we're going to go with wisdom of the crowd with that, especially with people with skin in the game. But yeah, so all in all, it's me trying to justify uh, a bet I lost. And, and as we say, that happens. I still like the bet, but, uh, you know, I'm trying to review it, what I did wrong. I think I didn't account for some of the Browns injuries, but you can't overthink too much. I can't say 100% if it was a terrible bet or, I, you know, it was just kind of randomness, but kind of make that note and, and move to next week. Uh, the other bet I had was the Chargers teased up to eight and a half, excuse me, to nine, and they got blown out by the Ravens. I was not surprised that the Ravens put up 34 points. I was surprised that the Chargers only put up six. They were never competitive. The Ravens really just ran the ball down their throat, and that's something they had not been able to do all year, really, is run the ball, which historically the Ravens have done really well. But this year it's all been Lamar throwing the ball. This was a four-headed running attack, the three running backs for the Ravens, uh, and Lamar Jackson, who is a quasi-running back, who is a hell of a passer as well. I had that tease with the, the Chiefs 
down to a pick them. Chiefs handled the Washington football team quite well. Um, I, I did not bet them live, but I was looking at right around pick them when the Washington football team was up about a touchdown. Chiefs are a really interesting team. Yes, they're three and three, but if you think that they're not one of the best teams in the National Football League, give me a holler and we can make some bets on some Chiefs games. Anything uh, about the week that was before we look at the quarter? Or not, I don't want to always say the quarterly mark, but it's the third way through. The 18-game schedule is really throwing me off now. But uh, anything before we get to the a third of the way through this season? Live to bet another weekend. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why we, we bet units and we, we stay humble when we do well and we stay humble when we do poorly and – because if you become result oriented one way or the other, that then that kind of gets you off your process, and uh, that's it's not going to be sustainable. So starting the AFC East, we have the Buffalo Bills preseason. They were about minus one fifty implied odds, about fifty five percent to win the division. They're all the way up to minus two thousand. This is most definitely a Super Bowl contender, and this is in the first tier of teams, which I call the elite teams. And this is against a neutral opponent, they would be a seven, or excuse me, the, an NFL average opponent, they would be a seven or more point favorite. The Buffalo Bills are definitely one of the best teams in the NFL. They somehow lost on Monday Night Football. And, you know, I was talking to a, a coworker who's a Bills fan, and I really just, just kind of reminds you how small of a sample size one NFL football game is. So even with that, their odds are still staggering to win their division. It says a lot about them, but also about their division. The other three teams in their division really don't have a shot at their winning the division, but maybe one of them could sneak into a wild card position. If I had to pick one team, I would say it's the New England Patriots. Right now, they're about 12 to 1 to win the division. Obviously, you're going to shop around. You're going to get the best price. That's not a bet I would make. There's really no team in this division that I would make a bet on. But preseason, they're around 350 to 1 to win the division. Now they're all the way at 12 to 1. I put this on in the fourth tier, and that fourth tier is the average tier. And so that means they're right around a zero to minus one, minus one and a half. That's where they would be power ranking wise against the average or, or you know middle of the NFL ranking. They really got lucky to be even competitive this past weekend with the Cowboys, rookie quarterback. It's kind of shocking how bad New England has been and kind of correlates with Tom Brady being so good in Tampa Bay. And it's hard not to look back and say the last few years, Tom Brady was really carrying the Patriots. And we always knew Tom Brady was good, but now seeing him removed from New England and them just being a very, very adequate team, it's really eye-opening. I think they have a shot at making the playoffs this year, but but really no damage, uh, no chance of doing real damage. Definitely not a Super Bowl contender. Miami Dolphins are one in five. Preseason, they were 350 to one to win their, or three and a half to one to win the division. Now they're about 50 to one to win the division. There's rumors that they're trading for Deshaun Watson. They're about another loss or two from kind of going full tank mode. The only problem is, is they traded their draft pick to the Eagles. So, like I said, there is a little bit of a push to trade for Deshaun Watson since there isn't the biggest incentive to tank. And finally, the New York Jets started the year as a long shot to win the division, even longer of a shot now with only one win on the season. This is not in the very worst tier, but this is in the bad tier, tier five, and most definitely not a Super Bowl contender. 
And I'm referencing these tiers. I, I retweeted a graph that I mostly agree with that put all of the teams into one of six tiers, six being the ultimate worst, where it was only the Houston Texans who were more than a touchdown underdog against the average team, and three teams in the top tier, which were the Buffalo Bills, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and Kansas City Chiefs. And there's a couple I, I don't agree with, and I'll, I'll kind of mention that. But I think it's just a good way to remember to put teams on ranges. And instead of ranking the teams from 1 to 32, realizing that, especially when you account for margin of error and randomness, the teams are a lot closer to the mean to one another than we often like to mention. You know, that doesn't really get the people going when it's like, oh, a lot of this was just noise and the teams are really close together. You know, obviously the hot takes is what drives the interwebs and, and all the uh, the hot take shows. But, you know, that's what we're here for is to kind of bring people back down to reality. And, and uh, you know, essentially, when in doubt, it's mostly random. It's mostly random. Thoughts, feelings about that division before we move to the AFC North there, Rob? Take me north. Sure. So preseason, this is kind of a, a two-way, essentially a two-horse race with Baltimore Ravens and the Cleveland Browns kind of being back and forth preseason favorites. The Ravens were just around one-to-one to win the division. Then they got some injuries in the preseason, and the Browns kind of took them over. But the Ravens lost their first game, and they've been undefeated since. And they lost that game in overtime. So they very easily could be undefeated. Other side of the coin, they've won a couple of games on last-minute heroics. Justin Tucker set the NFL record against the Lions. Kansas City Chiefs pretty much gave the game to the Ravens uh, with a last-second turnover. Back to our main thesis, which is the randomness that is the National Football League. But the Ravens are now minus 250 favorites. The Browns right around 4-1. to one. The Bengals around 8-50-1. to one. And the Steelers at 12-1. to one. The Ravens are in that second tier. So that great, not elite, not good, but great tier, that second tier. They definitely are Super Bowl contenders. But they've, they've definitely got enough holes in them where... They're, they're not in the elite category. And if it weren't for the organization and the coaching respect I have for them, I would I would actually put them closer to the third tier. But factoring it all in, I think them being in the, the second tier, right around the fourth or fifth best team in the National Football League, I think that's an accurate place to have them right now. The Cleveland Browns, right now they have them in the third tier. Uh, I do think they're a Super Bowl contender, but that's all contingent on their injuries. Right now, Baker Mayfield, their quarterback, was trying to play on Thursday night, tomorrow's game against the Broncos. He was just ruled out. Case Keen will be their starter. Got a lot of injuries on the offensive line and all over uh, in Cleveland. Anytime you talk about injuries with the quarterback, that's a, that's a major downgrade. So before, next, uh, before last week, the Browns were supposed to be a six-point favorite against the Broncos with Baker Mayfield's injury and a few other injuries. Now they're down to a one-and-a-half-point favorite on Thursday night. If – the team can get healthy, especially Baker, and, and kind of get those pieces together. I do think this is a, a team that can put it together. I've talked about wanting to bet them at a future price. I want to see what they do Thursday. And I think with the Steelers being on a bye week and the Ravens and Bengals playing each other, it's safe to wait another week to get a little more information, especially when it comes to Baker's injury. I would hate to put a future on Baker and then they come out later in the week saying he's going to miss the remainder of the year or something of that nature. Bengals, they're in that fourth tier, right around the average, league average. Not that good of a team, kind of playing above expectation, haven't really played anybody. If they could go 
eight and nine, seven and ten, that would be a good year for them if they could creep in the playoffs. But don't think there were anything really to contend with. And then finally, the Pittsburgh Steelers, I've talked kind of ad nauseum about this team. They've just won back-to-back games. One was against the Russell Wilson-less Seattle Seahawks, where they needed a kind of a last-second field goal to beat them. And so this is kind of a, a team I'm not believing in. The odds even ref- reflect that, the fact that they and Cleveland have the same record, yet Pittsburgh's odds are three times as long to win the North. I'm going to move to the AFC South, which I'm going to go through quickly, as I think there are no Super Bowl contenders between the Titans, Colts, Jaguars, and Texans. The Titans pulled out a miracle beating the Buffalo Bills on Monday night. Preseason, they were around kind of pick them or one-to-one odds to win the division. Now they're all the way up at minus 500. I think that's adjusted too much, even though they have, I believe, a two-game lead on the Colts. I do think this is a two-horse race. I think the Titans are in that third tier, probably actually maybe in that fourth tier that I mentioned, and more closer to average. I think the Colts are also average, but at a almost four to one price for the Colts to win the division, I think that's a good bet right now. Colts play a really interesting game this Sunday night against San Francisco. Two teams with a wide range of outcomes. So if they were to win that game, and then next week they play a very high leverage game against the Tennessee Titans, I think it's it's a really make or break two weeks for the Colts. I'm cool putting half a unit this week and then next week before that high leverage game, putting in another unit to to put a bet on the Colts for the future. So that is a bet I will be making, looking for that best price, see if I can get maybe a four to one odds on that. The other two teams, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they got their first win preseason. They're around 550 to win the division. Now they're at 70 to one. And the Houston Texans, they were around 30 to one. They were almost at 200 to one. The Texans are the worst team in football. Jaguars are probably the, the fourth or fifth worst team in football. And then one of the – probably the best division in the AFC West – or excuse me, in the AFC is the AFC West. I guess you can make the argument the AFC North or the AFC West. The Chiefs came in as sizable favorites, minus 250. Now they're – after a slow start, they're about one-to-one odds to win the division. The Chargers, who came in at about 450 to one, are now down to about one-and-a-half to one. The Raiders were 14 to 1. They're now 6 to 1 to win the division. And the Denver Broncos were about 6 to 1 to win the division preseason. Now they're around 15 to 1. We have two Super Bowl contenders, in my humble opinion, the Kansas City Chiefs. They're in that top tier that I mentioned. And the Los Angeles Chargers, they really had a clunker last week. But I do think they kind of get the, the ship aligned. They can be a Super Bowl contender. But not one I'm willing to back just yet, especially with a rookie coach. I kind of want to see how they face some adversity, which they've experienced this past week. So they would be in that third tier of above average team, the Raiders, an average team. And that tier actually had the Denver Broncos as an above average team as well. I would actually have them closer to average. Any thoughts, feelings, anything you want to share before we move to the NFC? Let's go NFC. Starting with the NFC East, it pains me to say this, but the Dallas Cowboys are sizable favorites. Of course, last year when I had a bunch of money on the Cowboys for futures, they completely underwhelmed. This year, a little bit more reservation, and they're pretty much looking at about a, an 80 to 85% chance of winning this division. Preseason, they were right around 1-1 to one to win the division, so it's been a very busy six weeks for them. Half to do with them. The other half to do with how bad the division has been. I do think the Cowboys are Super Bowl contenders. I have them just as the graphic I retweeted has 
about third tier, about three points better than an average NFL team. Still a lot to be to be said. I don't want to move too aggressively off of six weeks of performances, but they're definitely trending in the right direction. The Eagles, they they have a plan. They have three first round picks next year. They're trying out Jalen Hurts. They have a first year coach. They're just a year ahead from really a year ahead from really competing. So I, you know, even though they're only ten to one to win the division, and they're very unlikely to win that division, and they're not Super Bowl contenders this year, if I was an Eagles fan, I, I would actually be happy with the performance. But as we know about those humble, humble Philadelphia Eagles fans, they're booing their their team, even though they're building in the right direction. But the fans that should be pissed—that's the Washington Football Team and the New York Giants fans. Coming in the season, the Washington football team was about two, two and a half to one to win the division. They're all the way down to 15 to one. This is not a Super Bowl contender. They're in that fourth, that average tier, just with the Eagles there. And then our, our boy Liam's New York Giants are down in tier five in that below average tier. They are not Super Bowl contenders. And they were at 50 to one to win their division uh, when they started the season around five to one. Let's go up north. The NFC North. We have uh, the Green Bay Packers, who have quietly gone uh, five straight on a five straight winning streak. Uh, they're five and one. The uh, beginning of the year were right around minus one fifty to win the division. So you'd have to put one hundred fifty dollars to win a hundred. Now to win that same hundred bucks, you'd have to put six hundred and fifty dollars. They're minus six fifty. I think the only team with a real chance at catching them will be the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota was about two and a half to one to win the division. They're at six to one now. The Bears and Lions have really underwhelmed, even for their modest expectations. Bears coming into the season were about five fifty to win the division. Now they're at sixteen to one. The Lions were at twenty, almost thirty to one, and now they're at plus five hundred or five hundred to one, I should say. The Lions are in that below average tier with those Giants. The Bears are in that average tier. And the Minnesota Vikings are in that above average, that good tier. And if they threw the ball more and were more aggressive instead of trying to run the goddamn ball, I think I could see them being Super Bowl contenders. But they were kind of my cutoff of a good team, but not a Super Bowl contender. NFC South, another division that looks like it might have already been decided. The Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they're in that number one tier. They are most definitely Super Bowl contenders. Preseason, they were about minus 200 to win the division. Now they're at minus 600. The Saints look like the only team capable of catching them. The link that I retweeted or the chart that I retweeted had them in the second tier. I have them closer in the third tier, being more of a slightly above average team. But given their past three, four seasons, I get why they have those higher priors, preseason expectations. But I just haven't seen enough from Jameis Winston to really justify them as Super Bowl contenders. So they're for me in tier three. Carolina Panthers are just a year ahead, especially with the Christian McCaffrey injury. He just got placed on IR. Preseason he came, they were 10 to 1 to win the division. Now they're down to 20 to 1. They started out hot, but still a year away, I think, although they are building in the right direction. And then the Atlanta Falcons came in the season about 9, almost 10 to 1. Had a lot of hype around Arthur Smith coming in, taking over the realm, but they really underwhelmed. They had a good performance this past weekend in, or the I should say they had a bye this past weekend, but the previous weekend against the Jets, but it's the fucking Jets. So I'm going to need to see more before I start believing in this team at all. Not a Super Bowl contender, 
in that average tier and almost in that below average tier. Finally, the best division in football, most definitely, is the NFC West. We have the undefeated Arizona Cardinals. They are Super Bowl contenders. They're in that second tier, and I agree that they should be in that second tier right around that fifth or sixth best team in football. Preseason, they were six and a half to win their division. Now they're right around even money, and I think justifiably so. I think that price is a little steep, but it's hard to assume that you're going to get a discount on the last undefeated team in football, especially in the best division. The LA Rams came into the season right around two to one to win the division. Now they're hovering around one and a half, just under one and a half. If I had to bet anything in this division, I would bet that for division prices. I think the Rams are most definitely Super Bowl contenders. They're in tier two, but for me, they're the closest ones to joining tier one. I have them as the fourth best team in football. And as Matt Stafford gets more comfortable with the playbook in Los Angeles and Sean McVay gets more creative with him, I can see them going up and joining the other three teams in that top tier. San Francisco 49ers had high expectations, especially with Trey Lance coming in the season. Those expectations have really underwhelmed or maybe they just set the bar a little too high. They were around two to one to win the division. Now they're all the way down to 12 to one. Betting the division, just because they're so far back in the standings, I don't think that's a good bet. But they still have the ceiling if Lance were to come in and eventually kind of connect those dots that so many of us expected him to. And that's where you just got to remember that there's still two thirds of the regular season. And you also got to remember the playoff format where only the number one seed gets a buy. So the difference between the two through the seventh seed is really not that drastic. You both have to play three games to get to a Super Bowl. Obviously, you play more on the road, but with the modern football, we've seen that home field advantage has really come down. So this is a team, if you are going to look to bet the Niners, I, I want to see some positive things before I put any dollars behind them. In Sunday night's game versus the Colts, I talked about how I kind of like the Colts. I think that's a good barometer for both teams. But if you are going to bet the 49ers, I would like to bet them to win the NFC somewhere around 20 to 1 you can get right now. I want to wait and see a good performance. Uh, I want to see a healthy Jimmy G and hopefully a healthy Trey Lance before I put any money behind him. But that's a team I think we're going to get at that price for at least the next couple of weeks so we can stay patient with that. And then finally, the Seattle Seahawks. There is, uh, there's some real trouble in Seattle there, Rob. I don't know if you're aware of it, but Russell Wilson's injury – there's drama about him maybe wanting out uh, at the end of this year. There was drama this past offseason. They put the kibosh on that. But they, I think it just might be time to go their separate ways, and, and Russell deserves better. So it looks like kind of like a lost season for the Seahawks. They don't have their first-round pick. They traded it for a safety, Jamal Adams, who is a pretty decent player, but just plays at a very low, impactful position. So the Seahawks might be in some real trouble here, Rob. Thoughts, feelings about anything that we went over? Uh, any division specifically you want me to go more in depth of? Any topics, uh, theories you want me to expand on? Yeah, what do you think about futures bets in general, for instance, from preseason to now? I know you talked about preseason, how you often don't like those because of the lack of data. Now we're a third of the way through the season. You've watched teams play. You've seen a little bit of kind of like season-long game scenario, if that makes sense, like season scenario type stuff. Do you have any futures bets in? Do you like them better now than at the beginning of the year? Yeah, my only preseason bet was the Steelers under eight and a half wins. I like that a lot. You can actually get that seven and a half 
now if you want to put that bet in. I would wait one more week just to see if there's any major injury for the Ravens or Browns or Bengals. But because, you know, the Steelers being on by, nothing can help you with that bet. I, I still like that. I have the Browns futures that I, I put in there. But that that's all I have. Uh, and I'm looking to see Baker's health before I put any more on that. But I will be betting the Colts to win their division. I'm going to put about half of what I'm going to bet on that right now, right around 4-1. to one. And then after this weekend's game against the 49ers before a high leverage game next week. But that's all I have right now. I will be probably monitoring that Rams to win the NFC West. Both teams are, are two touchdown plus favorites this week. So I'll kind of just wait and see how, how everything shakes up just so we can avoid a major injury before I put a futures bet in. But the only other thing on my radar is the 49ers, if they start playing well, to win the NFC. Not to win the Super Bowl, but to win the NFC. And that's just because I think the AFC is a lot more talented than the NFC. Anything before we quickly go over today, uh, this week's marquee games? Let's hit it. So Thursday night, we have the Denver Broncos visiting Cleveland and the Baker Mayfield list. Cleveland Browns talked about how the look ahead for this line was six points. Now it's down to one and a half of all of the injuries. One and a half in the sp- or the total is 41 points. So this will be a pretty low scoring game. Teasing Denver up to seven and a half here is not a bad option. I want to look at some injury reports before I make a bet one way or the other. Two defensive teams should be low scoring. And Case Keenum, the only drawback to me is Case Keenum is not that big of a downgrade from the way Baker Mayfield has been playing recently just with his injuries. So I probably won't have a bet on this, but if you're sweating, looking for action, go ahead and tease up Denver to seven and a half, find another game later in the week. And I think that's a good way to go with such a low total at 41. Another game of the week is the Kansas City Chiefs visiting the Tennessee Titans. Really kind of a weird spot. The Titans playing on Monday night at home against the Buffalo Bills. They stay at home and bring in another AFC Titan of a team, no pun intended, of the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are about a five and a half point favorite. I think they'll close probably a six, six and a half point favorite. This is the highest total of the season so far, I believe, at 57 points. It wouldn't surprise me if this closed at 57 or 57 and a half or maybe 58. Gun in my head, I, w- I would take the Chiefs. Anything less than a touchdown, but we, we talk about it all the time. We like to bet the Chiefs live. At some point, the Titans will be up in this game most likely. And if you get the Chiefs at a field goal or less, that would be how I would like to attack this. Really interesting about the Chiefs is, yes, they're 3-3. Three and three. They have the best offense in football, and they statistically they have the best offense in football. And they lead the league in turnovers. And that's something I've never seen before. Especially we talk about how much of a predictor turnovers are to who actually wins the football game. It's almost more impressive that they're three and three. Given all those t- turnovers, they could easily be two and four or one and five. So I'm still bullish on Kansas City. They definitely look a little sloppy, but I'm still willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, all of those people uh, kind of figuring it out. And I, I kind of talked about all year that I'm pretty under market on the Titans. So that's one I definitely wanted to mention. Another game I like is a really interesting game is the Atlanta Falcons traveling to Miami. Both teams played their last game in London. Atlanta was on a bye, and Miami played last week. Now, normally, I don't know if it's an official NFL rule or not, but the de facto rule has been if you play on in, in London, the next week you get a bye. The Miami Dolphins requested to not have a bye the week after. They requested to not have a bye. 
And the initial reaction was people saying, wow, what a, this is a really bad spot for the Dolphins. The Falcons had a bye last week. They were resting. And Miami played last week in London. So initially, I think this game was around a pick which my numbers have this a pick slightly, maybe half a point. The Falcons should be favored. And seemingly, that's moved the market to the Falcons at two-and-a-half-point favorite. The Atlanta Falcons being a road favorite is just something that should not should not happen. I'm not even a big Dolphins supporter. I don't think they're that good. But if we go back to our tiers, these two teams are on the same tier level. Miami getting a home field advantage as well with two and a half points. I'll definitely be teasing this Dolphins game up because traveling east to west is a lot easier than west to east from a time zone perspective. I know you can't give us a lot of insight there, Rob, but I feel like you, your jet lag experience is probably better than mine. Can you can you confirm that going across the pond, if you will? I don't know how many times you've actually gone to Europe, but um, going from west to east is is more difficult than east to west. West to east is more difficult than east to west. Yes, yes, confirmed. The, the only anecdote I have for that is that Traveling back from Asia is one of the worst things you can do as an American, but getting to Asia is generally fine. Right. So that's west to east, right? Is worse than east to west, correct? Yes. Awesome. Yeah, I've never been to Asia, but I, I can believe that. And also the Miami Dolphins have played two of the last three years, they've played in London. So they requested this and the flight from London to, to Miami it can't be more than seven or eight hours. I mean, that's not that much further than going to like Seattle, something of that nature. So I think it's a little bit of an overreaction. And I also think the Atlanta Falcons just, they know are notorious for blowing leads. So if I can get the Dolphins at eight and a half or more points, I'm going to take that. The next game that will be the, the Sunday night game is the Colts traveling to San Francisco. I think this is a really interesting game to watch. Right now, the Niners are a four-point favorite. I think it's a tough spot for the Colts. In a vacuum, I would take the Colts plus four, especially because the total is 44 points. But the Colts have had Monday night game last week against the Ravens, or two weeks ago. They played the, or the Texans last week, and the Niners are coming off a bye. So it's just a, it's just a very weird game. And also the Colts have the Titans next week, which is a huge division leverage game. It's just a very weird spot. I'm very curious to watch this game. Like I said, if I, if I had to put money on it, especially if we got to four and a half, I'd have to really consider it to take the Colts. But Shanahan, a really good play caller, not a good head coach, but Shanahan's a good play caller with the Niners. I think he's going to have a lot of things drawn up for the Niners. So I'm going to sit back and watch that game, but I'm very interested in watching it. And then Monday night, we have the New Orleans Saints traveling to Seattle. Very weird game. Saints are a five-point favorite in a total of just 43 points. Talk about Seattle. Pretty much their season is, is kind of over. It's all dependent on if Russell can get back. He's such a super superhero, but right now it's looking pretty bleak. But I don't really want to take a, a, a kind of an injured team on a Monday night at home because you're going to, and this is very narrative but you're going to get their best efforts. It's not like they're going to just completely lay an egg on this game. And the Saints are coming off a bye. Jameis Winston laying points on the road at Seattle, so it can very easily be bad weather. I have absolutely no interest in that game. So yeah, that, that's pretty much it. Is there anything else you wanted to mention, Rob? No, no, I don't think so. NFL stuff happening. There's other sports happening. Are we going to get college basketball content this year? 
I do not think so. I do not think so. I'm having some more demands on my time mm-hmm. for for football things, which is a good thing, a good busy. And I did not bet college basketball last year, so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that stuff private, refine some things. And by the time we get to like tournament time, I, I will definitely like we'll do a tournament pod. We'll do stuff like that. But I kind of want to. I don't know if this makes any sense, but enjoy that I took last year off and we'll kind of like try some things differently this year and approach it. And it's one of those things where like, I'm just going to throw stuff at the wall and I know some stuff's going to be wrong and it's not going to stick, but I kind of want to just approach things a little bit differently. So I don't, I don't really want to share that out when I'm, I'm kind of experimenting with things since there's not a lot of conviction and, and data to support what I'm doing. But yeah, does, does that kind of answer your question? Yep. Cool, cool. Bitcoin did fairly decently. Uh, no comment. I don't know your friend. I don't know what that is. So. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're the boomer who sold it. So, you know, what, what can you do? I have sold Bitcoin in my life among my only regrets, things that I would truly undo if I had an undo button for the past. But you live and you learn. Yeah, something tells me you're, you're mighty fine with the, the new all-time high. But yeah, other than that, we'll see everybody next week. Peace.